0: Hello, welcome to a re interview with Richard Bartlett from Lumio. Um, Lumio is a decentralized decision making system. Hello Richard.
1: G'day Francis, good to be on here with you.
0: Um, right, so let's get going then. Um, tell us about Lumio, what is it? Uh, just a short introduction to start with.
1: Short introduction, okay. Lumio is a tool, online tool, for groups of people to make decisions together. Um, and it it hopes to facilitate um, people being able to organize in a way without um, hierarchical sort of power structures forming. So we've, yeah, how much do you want to know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go for it, go for it. Okay, so we've, we've, um, we got started uh, 18 months, two years ago, and, and with a sort of Immediately released um, a very very basic working prototype and have been bringing users on and um, really having this project be user driven. Um, and now we have a you know like a functional prototype that we're pretty happy with that has you know we've had I think ten or eleven thousand people have signed up. So it's sort of at that early stage that's showing some promise, um, but definitely pre-scale. Um, and we're currently in the in the middle of a crowdfunding campaign to. Resource the next phase of development, which we've, um, which is sort of, you know, we've we've got this prototype and it's 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 promising, but it's nothing compared to the actual vision that we want to deliver. And so we've we've done a complete set of um, designs. We've got a whole new stack of technology, and um, we're just in the in the in the um, process of getting the resources together so we can actually fund the development of this of this new platform that's going to be, you know, like truly inclusive, so that. Um, you know, it's, obviously it's got to be mobile so that anyone can participate in decisions from anywhere. Um, and it needs to be as easy as possible to use. So we've got a real focus on, on user experience design and user testing. And, you know, we have a vision that this thing should be as easy to use as email and as ubiquitous as email because, you know, decisions are woven all the way through your life. And um, we believe if we make it easy for people to participate, then it can sort of quite radically transform the way that people relate to each other.
0: Okay, can you give uh, some examples of people who are using it already and explain like, how it works from their point of view, like what, it, what it does for them?
1: Yeah, okay, so um, people, people obviously they have a lot of different use cases and how they're using it and it's often quite surprising to us to see what people are doing with it, but um, so one common example is there's quite a few open source software projects that are using it as a, as a governance platform, so if you, essentially what Lumio is is like a discussion forum, with a mechanism for making decisions. So for turning that discussion into a concrete outcome. Um, and obviously when you're doing when you've got a community of um, open source software developers that are working on a project, there comes times that we have to decide together, you know, are we going to go this way or that way? So they have a discussion about a topic and then eventually once the information's out on the table, someone will propose, okay, have it, we do X, Y, Z. And then the people in the group can can participate on that and say whether they agree or they disagree or they think we could do better and improve the proposal over time. So there's a lot of open source software projects. There's a lot of activists. So um, this tool came out of the Occupy movement. It came from our experience at Occupy of the sort of the thrilling empowerment of doing collective decision making right, and the crushing frustration of when it doesn't work very well. And so we thought, you know, with the right piece of tool, you know, with the right tool, we could. Um, Capture a lot of that that, um, super positive, empowering experience and bypass a lot of the frustrating constraints of of just time and space, you know, of having to be in the same place at the same time and having loud voices and confident speakers dominate everyone else in the conversation and so on. Um, So, because it's sort of come from those activist roots, it really does have a strong appeal to activists. And so, we have, you know, um, student protest movements in Hungary using it to organize. Um, uh, We've got a, a real been really lucky to have a real active community of users that are um, have a very strong commitment to translating Lumio as much as possible. So I think we're now in 19 languages. We just released Swedish this afternoon, and it seems to be every time that there is um, some new social movement crop up, crop up, then within the next few days you'll find that Lumio has been translated into that language. So um, last week it was it was Taiwan. So there's you know massive massive social upheaval going on in Taiwan right now. Um, about sort of the government is negotiating um, some trade deals and they're not being transparent about it and so these students have occupied the Congress building you know, it's a big major drama and um, we've been in contact with a, a, a crew of the people there and they they said look we need a tool like this to help us organize and overnight 19 of them got together and translated the whole tool into Taiwan Chinese um, and I mean there's, beyond that, there's just so many different kinds of, of use cases, though. So um, mm. we have we have you know small businesses are using it where you have say a distributed team of people um, around the country or around the world that need to participate in decision making about how the business is running. You know you can get people's feedback remotely um, and asynchronously, so it's in people's right. own time. Um, so you and, don't have to
0: all decide at the same time. There's like a sequence to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like any discussion forum where you can participate you know, when it suits you. Um, and the actual proposal mechanism for the decision making has a time limit on it and and you know, the d- default that it, the software comes with is three days but you choose whatever you like, but it, it's it's quite common to have, you know, you, you'll you'll host a discussion over the course of a few days and then you'll say look I think this is where we're getting to and you've got three days to, to participate and say yes or no. Um, and of course I mean, the exciting thing for me is that Lumio, the organization, uses Lumio the software to guide how we do, how we steer the project, you know. So um, when we first started talking about that idea of a, um, a, say, a decision-making platform that is being used to develop itself, Mm -hmm. it's got some pretty exciting potential, you know. When you get to the point where, let's say, we actually come up with a mechanism that is um, fair and effective and efficient and comes up with good decisions, and we're using that to decide how to make this thing better. Mm. Um, it's yeah, it's exciting, what, what they can do.
0: Yeah, bootstrapping is always exciting.
1: Um, yeah. So, what's the kind
0: of social mechanism, how, how do you, what have you learned about like how you should make decisions like that that doesn't, because obviously people, people always get bogged down with too much discussion and not making great decisions. Um, yeah. What's, what's, what have you learned? What's the kind of social tricks?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I guess for me a big part of the motivation of this whole project is explicitly to decentralise power. And and I think that, you know, this, this project came out of Occupy which was essentially people saying we're fed up with the status quo and we want things to be different and maybe there wasn't so much detail on how that difference could be. But as I interpret it, a lot of the problems that were being identified at Occupy we're about power being centralised too much into too small a number of hands. So people with, with um, money or people that have um, pre-existing privilege for one reason or another seem to have more power than people who don't. And, um, and, and so we've, we've been really looking at how do, we, how do you actually organise a group of people without replicating that era of centralised power? And it's a it's a it's a pretty deep challenge, you know. It's not it, you can you can sort of make a verbal commitment to doing that, but realistically, you've got thousands of years of human culture to work against. Um, and so, so the 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 social, um, I guess, mechanism, if you like, is at least as important as the technological one. So the software is this like mm. really quite humble tool, you know. It's a discussion. And there's a pie graph, and there's four buttons. And you can participate and have your little Twitter link statement on each when you participate in each proposal. But it's, it's a humble tool. Um, and the, 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 it becomes transformative when you actually commit to the process of organizing in a horizontal fashion, and of organizing without a hierarchy. And saying, we are, on the one hand, going to make space for everybody's perspective, because everyone's valued. But on the other hand, we still need to be efficient and effective and get things done. And so we're a, you know, we're a small internet startup, which we're, we have to be efficient. We have to get things done in a really um, tight time frame, and if we prove to not be effective and efficient, then someone else in the marketplace is, is going to overtake us. So we've got this commitment to doing things horizontally, and we need to preserve the efficiency at the same, at the same time, and so we've been learning processes by which that works well. So for instance, Lumio is a, a workers' co-op. We've got 12 people in our cooperative, and... Everyone has got equal rights, you know. When anyone has, say, a veto if they need it for any any particular issue, and yet everyone also has specialization, obviously. So you've got the lead developer, and the other people in the development team that work around them, and and um, there needs to be a way. We have a, a system, I guess, where people are sort of delegated um, a mandate to look after a sp- specific specialty, and and there's. Sort of, we're sort of seeing these these, these patterns or these habits emerge. So um, one pattern that's really strong is a, 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 an individual or a small group, say three people, um, are mandated to do a certain project. Mm. And say so there's three people, and they'll go off and they'll do the research and they'll gather all the information and they'll they'll do all the interviews or whatever. And they, while they're doing that work, because it's on Lumio, it's it's transparent, so you can see it. You can anyone else in the co-op can look in and see yeah. check in on it. Um, and then there'll be a time when those three people come back to the big group and they say, look, this is our findings, let's open it up for your input and we'll synthesize that back and go, you know, and there's sort of this process where you go back and forth a couple of times between the small group and the larger group. Um, And so long as you've got this sort of, I mean, we we try to maintain a a balance between really high autonomy. uh, It's like... People are, we empower people as much as possible to just have the freedom to do what they think is important. And you match that with really high commitment to information transfer. So you always, people have got all the information they need at all times. And you find that you've got a really nimble organization where people can respond to needs as they see them. Um, but also there's always an opportunity to to either contribute your good ideas and say, look, I think it'd be better if you did such and such, or to raise your concerns and say, "Look, I'm concerned about this for this reason, and can we, you know, um, take a pause for a second and have a look at some alternatives?" So it's very yeah. much it's it's a it's a it's a whole new social practice, and it's something that we're learning individually as an organisation, and we're seeing that other organisations out there are learning this thing too. And together, we're sort of, you know, we're trying to open source that skill set and that habit and that practice. Um, and so many, so many of these um, social movements that have been springing up since since early 2011, you know, the um, Arab Spring, Indignados, uh, Occupy movement, and on and on and on. They have this real fundamental commitment to doing things in a horizontal fashion, and all of these movements are learning how difficult that is to actually operate without creating hierarchies, and and we're sort of. each of us are developing best practice and then connecting and sort of exchanging tips and tricks and techniques.
0: Yeah, okay so um, it's interesting that you're you're both a piece of software and like almost a piece of um, decision making uh, best practice forming at the same time. You've said that the user experience of the software is really important, can you kind of unpick what things about the experience of using the software help people then learn to to make decisions in a better way? And what um,
1: well, I, I mean, I think the, the thing about user experience is it's it's so fundamentally critical and and I think, you know, like I'm, I'm a rabid open source fanatic and I, before I was doing open source software I was doing open source hardware and I live and breathe open source and I think There has to come a time where the open source community admits that the vast majority of the software that most people use is proprietary, and it's for one reason, and it's because most proprietary software that's successful has great user experience. And open source software doesn't always um, give the uh, appropriate um, attention to developing a good user experience, because it's just a bunch of developers that are working together going, wouldn't it be good if we had this button and that button and that option and that option? and they're not actually thinking about what it, what is the experience of someone mm. who is not an engineer, um, and so we've got this um, vision, I guess, or this mission as an organisation to to develop a system for inclusive decision making, and that means it's got to work for everyone. And that means everyone, as in people that don't have a high degree of technical literacy, people that don't have a lot of time or a lot of interest in learning um, a complex piece of software, it has to be just totally intuitive. And it's be intuitive. It looks. I mean, we've been working on this for two years, and it looks nothing like what I what it was in my head when we first started talking about it. You know, because what was in my head was a tool for someone like me, and you know, most of the world isn't like me. You know, it's quite an important lesson. And um, the only <laughs> way that you find out what people are like is if you talk to them, and you work with them, and you run tests, and you you know have actual rigorous processes around exploring how different people interact with software and and what is their literacy so working with someone and saying you know what kind of software do you engage with on a daily basis and and using that um, that sort of vocabulary in the design that we choose to use um, and and so I guess what we've really got an, an aim to do is to just make this thing so simple just so minimal get you know let people want the power of of, of Options to customize things and so on, but we, we, what we really need is very sensible defaults <laughs> and mm. a really clear flow. And when I'm talking about user experience, it starts before you even touch the computer. It's like, what is this person doing in their life? What is their aspiration? And then when the software comes into contact with them, that's when you can start. You know, you start thinking from that point before they touch the computer. Like, what are they trying to achieve? And then how can this tool? You know, augment their experience so to bring them closer to their aspirations. And mm-hmm. it is as sort of high level and removed as that. And it's it's the piece that before I worked on this project, I just had no concept whatsoever. You know, when I was doing software development or hardware development, just had never really encountered that commitment to user experience and how it really just shifts your priorities so far away from the exciting whiz bang features that you are really excited about building because you're an engineer. To the actually important stuff, and seeing how do people actually interact with your software, and how can you make that experience less frustrating?
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, if there was like really big take up of Luvio can I? Can you describe what the world might be like? And um, yeah, what, what would happen?
1: Yeah, I love that question, and it's it's um, it's really hard to answer because, I mean. There's something about this project that's incredibly inspiring and and people get involved with it, you know, volunteers come along and help out and so on, and they develop this sort of sparkle in their eye about, oh, I'm working on this thing called Lumia, I'm really excited about what it's going to do for the world, and then you sit down with them and you say, can you tell me what what exactly is the difference that you think is going to happen if this thing's successful, and it's really hard to pin down an answer, um, and, and everyone has obviously got a different answer for what it is, and for me, it's, it's really, I... I had an experience. You know, I was a um, highly educated, highly privileged, um, extremely cynical, politically disengaged person, and I see a lot of those people around me. And I had this experience at Occupy of a collective process where everyone actually, you know, contributed their one part to a collective whole, and and people were like thinking together, like a collective brain. And that experience just was transformative for me personally, and and it changed my um, understanding of what individuals are capable of and what groups are capable of, and, and for the first time gave me some hope that these massive complex problems that are facing us as a civilization are actually solvable if we've got good processes for people to work together on them. And so that experience of going from ultra-cynical to hopeful and engaged and active um, is is a wonderful thing to have. and. And I attribute that entirely to the collective process that I participated in. And so I want to share that process and share that experience with as many people as possible because the world that I want to see when you know Lumio is, is, is ubiquitous is anyone who has a, a grievance with the status quo and a constructive suggestion for how it could be better they can go online, find people who agree with the problem and are excited about their suggestion for a solution, self organize without replicating these negative power structures, and achieve the kind of change that they want to see. And not rely on any external parties to do so. So these are groups of people mm-hmm. that are self organizing and and just feeling like they have an impact on the world, you know, and then being able to see that impact directly.
0: Yeah. Okay, so if people are listening, and they want to get involved and help out of Lumio and make that happen, what, what, what should they do?
1: Well, I mean, we're, we um, are just now in the process, I mean, we've been, the, the code base has been developing really rapidly, so it's been quite difficult to work with remote open source contributors, but we're really at the point now where um, people are coming along saying, look, I'm really excited about the project and I wanna help out, like, developers are saying this. And so just now we're really starting to focus on supporting those people. So if you're a developer, especially if we're currently in Ruby on Rails and the um, campaign we're funding for the moment is to transition into Angular JS. If you've got experience in either of those fields and you're interested in how we can use software to sort of decentralize power, we would love to hear from you. So just um, the easiest thing is just go to our GitHub. It's github.com slash Lumio slash Lumio and Poke around with the the repo over there, and drop us a message, and we'll be in touch. And you know, we'd love to talk to you. Um, and if you're not a developer, the obvious thing that you can do to support is our crowdfunding campaign. So we've 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 just crossed halfway. Um, we had uh, we're we're raising hundred thousand dollars, and we had a halfway through our campaign on Sunday, and we hit fifty thousand on Sunday. So we're feeling like we're on track. Um, but we're halfway there, which means we've still got halfway to go, which means we need the support of as many people as possible to, to help us get this thing over the line. Um, and we do have we do have a, like a really massive vision beyond what 100 grand is going to get us as well. Um, and, and so anything we can, you, know, you can go to our um, love.lumio.org is our crowdfunding page. And you can go there and there's a lot of information about what we're actually planning to do. But we're pretty excited about the potential of where this could go if we get some really big support. Um, and, and, yeah, we're, I mean, this whole thing is very collaborative, so anyone that's interested, get in touch with us, and and we'll get you into the community. So we've got a really active community of, of a couple of hundred people from around the world that are excited about Lumio and working on it, and, um, yeah, we just really want to hear from different people. You know, there's a lot of different projects around at the moment that are doing similar things, you know, coming at from different angles, That but they're, they're working on similar things around the space of online democracy and... How do we change the way that society works using technology and stuff like that? And we were really keen to talk to all those people and um, set up collaboration between them.
0: Great. Fantastic. Thanks, Richard. And um, good luck. And I hope the video goes well. Hey, thanks very much. Uh, take care.